0: Hi everybody, this is Andrew Fierro, and you're listening to Apostate JW. This week we're going to discuss how Jehovah's Witnesses view blood against the Christian teachings that you may have been taught in another church. Jehovah's Witnesses have had a long-standing prohibition on the use of blood in blood transfusions, all while using Bible citations, usually out of context, to try and prove a biblical prohibition. In the bible itself there is no mention of the intravenous use of blood granted in the first century ad there was no medical use of iv blood transfusions let's take a look at what the witnesses doctrine says and see what you think the early bible are found in leviticus 17 verse 15. here we see in the mosaic law the early jews were told to abstain from ingesting blood the governing body likens this to someone who is told by a doctor to stop drinking alcohol instead this person chooses to take an iv drip of alcohol upon closer inspection of the scripture we see that there is an associated punishment now one would think by the teachings of the witnesses this would be death let's see what the bible says he must then wash his garments and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening then he will be clean but if he does not wash them and bathe himself he will answer for his error somehow the witnesses omit this from their teachings they do however in the bible teach book acknowledge that as christians we are no longer in a mosaic law let's see if there are more recent and relevant teachings for this doctrine also found in their publications a scripture in acts 15 29 is found in the scripture we received direction to abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from what is strangled, and from sexual immorality. What was Luke referring to here? Well, if we read through Acts chapter 15, we see that a letter was written to the Gentile converts. In this letter, the direction was given to those Gentiles on how to conduct themselves in relation to the Jews. Many of these Gentile nations had pagan religious practices. Many of these were included sacrificing an animal to one of their gods and then Taking in the meat and blood that were given as a sacrifice, as well as orgies and many other practices. In this verse, we see Luke and Barnabas give direction to abstain from these pagan practices. One more thing we should look at. In 1 Samuel 14, verse 24 through 48, we see an account of a battle against the Philistines. In this account, we see Saul make an oath with his army that his army will not eat until. Vengeance has been taken on his enemies. Jonathan, who was not present when his father made this declaration, found some honey and partook of a small snack. On that day, Saul's army won a great victory, and the men rushed for the spoils and began eating meat still with blood. When Saul found out, he ordered his men slaughter their bull and their sheep and offer it to God. An altar was erected, and the men did so. Later, Saul wanted to make a surprise attack at night. And was advised to approach God and ask. Saul received no response from God. As it turns out, Jonathan, who broke Saul's oath, was at fault for this. Ask yourself, how is Jonathan to blame and not the men who partook of blood? Now what would happen if a member of Jehovah's Witnesses willingly accepted the blood transfusion? As we see in the Bible teach book, John 5 verse 28 and 29 is cited in the scripture christians are told that do not be amazed at this for the hour is coming in which all those in the memorial teams will hear his voice and come out those who did good things to resurrection of life and those who practiced vile things to resurrection of judgment that seems to be quite a contradiction to the earlier verses we had read in the mosaic law jews were told to bathe and remain unclean till the evening as a result Saul's men who gave a sacrifice to God because of their sin. Now we know that as Christians, we are forgiven by the grace of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice of his life. Contradictorily, the elders are advised a committee should obtain the facts and determine the individual's attitude. If he is repentant, the committee would provide spiritual assistance in the spirit of Galatians 6 verse 1 and Jude 22 and 23. Since he is spiritually weak, he would not qualify for special privileges. Privileges, it's one of those things that they always hold over your head. On the other hand, if the elders on the committee determine that he is unrepentant, they should announce his disassociation. This disassociation is said to be by the individual's own choice and carries the burden of isolation from Jehovah's Witnesses and members of the individual's family who are still associated with the witnesses. How do you feel after hearing all of this about the Jones witnesses prohibition on blood transfusions?